Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. And good morning. Welcome back into the Canicuck Institute podcast studio. Keith, it's, it's been a minute since we've been here. Uh, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing so good, Chad. It's such a joy to be here. The Ozark Mountains, man. I just wish all of you were here to be able to see the beauty of what God has given to us. These, I mean, this year, Chad, the leaves are not just good. They're spectacular. As I look out the window, man, we're seeing red, yellow, gold. I mean, and they are magnificent. Yeah, it has been a really, really fun fall so far. And uh, excited to be with you guys this morning. You know, we... uh we have started this series on spiritual gifts and uh, kind of laid the groundwork for what spiritual gifts are. And it, just by way of reminder to our audience, you know, the beauty of spiritual gifts is that for those of us that know Christ, Keith, uh, that that we have been indwelt with the Holy Spirit and and that, that God has given us like a unique measure of the Spirit, Romans tells us. And because of that, we have this gift uh, sometimes multiple gifts, but a gift that we can use to serve the body. Mm. If you were encouraging our audience this morning about just like why it's important for them to use their gift, what what would you say to them? You know, Chad, that's a great question because, you know, I, I just want to take it to the most simple way right now. This morning I woke up and, and there's this beautiful girl laying beside me in bed. Her name is Karen, and I am in love with that girl. But what makes me so in love with Karen is not just her external. But what makes me love Karen is, you know, how she values me, how she just with her elegant grace, she moves through the house. She's um, in the word of God. She's a woman of prayer. She's always in tune with her kids, what Cameron and Callie and what Hannah and each one of the kids are doing. And it's really fun to just watch her. This morning as I walked into the closet, you know, and Karen's up, I'm watching her in there and she's got her uh, phone on, and she's listening to Eric's worship music, and he just released a new song. And I'm going to tell you something. The hairs of my body just, you know, just began to stick up because I'm going, that's magnificent and so fun because here's my wife in there. It wasn't just the music. It was watching her with hands up just worshiping God. Mm. And I'm going, and I'm married to her. And, you know, I just go, it's such an enjoyment to see how a gift and 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 how you use that gift and how that that gift, Eric's music, Karen's uh, love, passion, bringing everybody together. You know what Paul said in Ephesians that the gifts are to bring us together to unify us. And so when you maximize your gift, you're no longer looking at others at what uh, kind of comparing yourself yeah. or I'm not good enough, but you're looking at them going, man, thank you that I can help that person become the best they can become. This is a better day. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on, there's a couple traps here with spiritual gifts, right? One significant one is being compared or doing the whole comparison thing. Uh, How how do we encourage our audience um, to understand their gift Mm -hmm. and then also to not like feel like they're constantly living in the shadow of maybe a gift they desired or a gift they admire? Yeah. What, what What does our mind state need to be in to make sure that we have spiritual gifts in the right place? Well, you know, that that's a that's a really once again, that's a, such a good question because me personally, you know, the trap, like you said, that I fall into is when I begin to look at somebody and think that they're better than me. Mm. And so that's a huge deal. Comparison can cause you 
to go, I don't measure up. I'm not as good looking as that person. I'm not as smart as that person. I don't communicate as good as that person. And before long, what you've done is you put yourself into a state of depression. Yeah. You know? and, <laughs> Self-induced. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and you go, why did I do that? Because what I didn't know at first is the value of my gift. Mm. And, and so if I see your gift and I go, you know, Chad is obviously such a good teacher. He's such a good communicator. He's so handsome. You know, look at his four kids. Look at his wife. Look at his house. You see, all of a sudden I go, look what all he's got. And I don't know if I have as much as he has. Yeah. And so I, as I compare myself immediately, and, and I'm in trouble because I'm seeing others. I'm looking, as so to speak, at the other side of the fence. Yeah. And the grass being greener on the other side of the fence. And so I don't see my, I see my side of the fence being the grass is dead, you know, no flowers are growing, the deers keep eating all of my flowers, and I'm frustrated because everything seems to be working for you. So that comparison trap is that rather than saying, you know what, I'm not going to compare myself to Chad or anybody, I'm going to accept who I am, I have the gift of exhortation, my gifts may not be as good as that person, but you know what? I'm going to be the best me that I can become. And so in order to be the best me that I can become, I've got to exercise that gift a little bit. Yeah. I've got to go to the Word. I've got to be in prayer. I've got to ask God. And what you know a lot of times people don't do is they don't go, God, thank you for the gift that you've given to me. Yeah, help me maximize it. Yeah, help me maximize that and allow me this morning as I'm in the Word to receive the Word, to apply the Word, to meditate on the Word, to have a Word in my heart that's absolutely changing me. And when I've got that, that's like putting gas in your car. And when you've got that gas in your car, you're going to move. But when there's no gas there, you can't maximize your gift. So it's it's important for us to have the word, prayer, the spiritual disciplines in our life that allow us to maximize at full capacity. Yeah. And I, you you hinted on this without using a specific word, but, but this idea of surrender, right? Yeah. Like, we may not love, be in love with the gift we have, yeah. or you know, we see somebody else. We see Keith going, man, I encourage, 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 and yeah. go, I can't do that. And all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm actually not surrendering my heart under the authority of God to go, God, you gave me this gift. Yes. And by the way, if I don't use my gift, the body actually suffers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we miss is we get into the comparison game, and I go, man, I can never encourage like Keith. And so I actually stop using the gift God gave me, at least to the fullness, because I'm all in this comparison mm-hmm, mindset. Mm-hmm. And now everybody loses. Yeah, everybody that, loses. And that's what we miss, I think, is the church is how quickly the body suffers. First Corinthians talks about this, right? Yep. Don't let the arm say to the leg, what are you doing? And and we have so many members of our church that that are that are in paralysis Mm. because of that comparison game. Speak to that just a little bit. Well, that's a good word. You know, the word paralysis, you know, you just think that is a, that is an ugly word. Yeah. You know, um, it's interesting that I can make myself paralyzed by fear, by comparison, by any of those words that take me into that word we used a while ago, that trap place. Where anything about me compares, it begins to think that I wish I was something that I'm not, rather than accepting who I am. And I can never be that person of who I am if I don't realize the value in which I am. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you know, my gift, gift of exhortation. And yeah. I want to do that this morning for just a second, Chad. You know, I, I was thinking about that because I go, 
you know, you and I, we've worked together for a long time. I mean, how many years do you think we've been working together? Uh, 28. Yeah, 28 years. I mean, I've be, when I met you, you are single. You are, you've got a big old flock of hair on your head. Big oh, red I miss head. those days. You're driving a Jeep. <laughs> and bro, you are that guy. And, 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 you know, one of the things about you is that I, your, yours and my relationship kind of became a little tense for a moment. Yeah. Those first you couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Those years were a little hard. Yeah. Talk about that for just a second because I want to, I want to exhort what, what happened there because I don't, I think people in the audience just think that, relationships just naturally are there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we, for those of y'all that don't know, Keith and I had worked together for years at K7. And then when we came to start the Institute, you know, we, we move here and, and it was like, we had to learn each other all over again. Right. And, um, and I think we were in this dance of, okay, here's your gift. Here's my gift. Yep. Uh, I was trying to run in my lane and you were trying to figure out how to let me run in my lane and, and, and vice versa. And I think, Really, there just came a place where we really understood, like, God wired Keith this way. Yes. God wired Chad this way. The ministry wins. The gospel wins. Yes. If we, not only the two of us, but then everybody with us, mm-hmm. can run in the lane that God designed them to do. And so we really, I think, came to that point where we got on the dry erase board and went, how do we put everybody yes. where they're maximizing their gifts? And, and that's know, I, when we just, everything took everyone off. Everyone flourished. Because I remember one day walking into your office, and you look like... Um, you not, just not good, over. not you, good. You look like you had been run over by a truck. And I said, Chad, what's wrong? And you said, you hurt my feelings because I, and I didn't realize I was hurting your feelings a lot because I'm high energy, yeah. high go. You went coach on me. Oh, I went coach on you. And, and, and I said, you know, you can't do that. And that was frustrating for you, frustrating for me. But until I valued and you valued my gift. We couldn't, we would have never lasted. Yeah. We would have quit. You would have walked away. I would have walked away and said, you know what? We are having a uh, Barnabas moment where we can't get along. Yeah. You know, and or a John Mark move, a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Where you John know? has to take off yeah. and Barnabas has got to come alongside. Exactly yeah. right. And, and you know what's so good about that is that because you and I un- began, began the journey. Yeah. Of really seeing your gift, which by the way, bro, I don't know if I've ever met a man more gifted than you, and I consider it a privilege every day to be a part of your life, to watch you be a great dad, and as you're a great dad, you're a great husband, to watch you a great, to be a great teacher, to be a great communicator, to be a great a student of the Bible. All your gifts that are easily identifi- identifiable by me, because I don't see you as a competitor, but I see you as a teammate. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you touch on something really important. We began to understand. Yes. And here we are 28 years later, yeah. still learning to understand. And that's true in marriage. That's Absolutely. true. Absolutely. And how often in the church in particular, we come to these crossroads yes. where we feel like people are banging and we go, let's all go our separate ways. Yeah. And what do we have now? Another church. Yeah. Another and church plant and we're church plant. The split happens. Yes. And, and the split happens in the church. It happens in marriage. It happens with kids. And so friendships that were friendships for a long time. And then all of a sudden, because they couldn't get along, they split because they, and I, and I really believe this, Chad, that it's because we didn't understand their gift. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and if, and at the, in the moment, it's like, this is the easy way mm-hmm. out, which, mm-hmm. which we know the collateral on the backside, yep. right? Is right. that ever really the easy way out? That's it's not, right. but mm-hmm. well, um, so well, one, thank you for the encouragement. Yeah. And two, you are an encourager. 
And you mentioned a guy in the Bible that, yeah. that we'd love to talk about just for a second. We've got this guy named <laughs> jo- Joseph originally. Yeah, his name was Joseph. And we see that, you know, in the scriptures and in, in, in Acts 4, 36, it says that his name was Joseph. And that what he was, he's one of those guys, he was a son of encouragement and he had a piece of land and he began to sell the land and give it to others. He is such an encourager that that his gift was to encourage others with what he said, but what also what he did. Yeah. So I, I got a question for you because you and I yeah. have had this discussion before, but um, there are people that use words that don't feel like encouragement. Yeah. And there are words, there are people that are really good at yeah. encouraging. Help us understand the difference between flattery or, or just throwing yeah. words at somebody versus actual encouragement. Like what's the difference there right. from coming from an encouragement? Well, you know, uh, one of the things that I said about you earlier, I said you wore your big locks of hair, curly red <laughs> hair, you know, that... That could get touchy, yeah. Because you know, because um, I don't have hair anymore, <laughs> right? And and if you if you were in, if you were kind of sensitive about that, and I made mention to your hair, yeah, what could that do for you? Yeah, it turns into discouragement. Absolutely, yeah. I'll never get. Callie was like you know six or seven years old. She had this the year before. She had this beautiful ringlet, blonde hair, and everybody made comments of this. Look at. Yeah. Chance your daughter who's blonde headed. These so big old cute. curls, yeah, yeah. Big ringlets, and she's awesome. Well, then the next year it, it, it began to straighten and darken. I love her dark brown hair. Yeah. I love it. But people would go, Oh, what happened to Callie's hair? Like something's wrong. Yeah. I, I go, Are you nuts? <laughs> you know? Because what they were doing was emphasizing the external rather than the internal. And yeah. what encouraging should always do, if I say to you, look at your, that's a nice shirt that you wear, you're going to start thinking you need to wear this a, a type of shirt that yeah. everybody comments about, a type of shoe that people need to comment about, your hair, the way you comb it, we need to comment about that, your beautiful, you know. So things that like that that are externally worn. Yeah can become a real trap because now we start trying to think that people like me because of the way I look yeah, and not for how I serve yeah, and not for how I exhort and not for how I work. And so all the gifts of the spirit have nothing to do with the external, but the external will be a part of it, you know, yeah, sure. but, but the internal is so important. So I hear you saying, if, if I want to encourage somebody today, yeah. I need to focus something on about who they are, that's right. not what they do or what they look like. Yeah. And yeah, that's so a challenge. Work, that's right. So if you go to work today and you see something there, it's so easy. Hey, nice dress, nice shirt. Be careful. Rather than say that, who's inside of that dress? Yeah. Who's inside of that shirt? Yeah. Who is that person? And and what have I really exhorted that person in them? Because I will, I will, I just bet most conflicts are because we don't see people as God sees them, but we're looking at the external. We don't like them. They frustrate us in a lot of ways. And so we don't see the best in them. Yeah. And so if we can go and say, you know what? That guy really has a gift of, of, of administration. This company really works because that guy really puts that together well. Yeah. And we go, you know what? I Have I told you this lately? You have really built a great business here. You really are someone that I could follow because I just love how you manage people well. I love watching you read your Bible. Yeah. I love watching how that you serve others. Those are things that are very tangible things that we can do with yeah, people. Yeah, really specific. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges Kat and I talk about as parents, and for, for I'm sure we have a lot of parents yeah. listening to us now, is 
how do when we tell our kids we, we're so proud of you, we, we go out of our way to say we're proud of you for who you that's are, right. not what you do. That couldn't say that better. And but that's a challenge, right? Because kids get good grades, you know, and so in our mindset, we can go, Miley, I'm so proud of you for yes. you know doing this, which is fine. But we're always looking for ways to couple it with, I'm proud of you for this, but I'm really more proud of you for who you are. Yes. Sir. And then, like you said, bring a specific attribute, maybe because of your kindness, you're an amazing friend, whatever it might be. So I hear you saying, when we want to be an encourager, it's got to be specific. Yep. And it needs to be Let about. Let me give who- you one more example. Yeah, please that, do. Because, you know, the thing about that is that watching, you have what I, my raising Callie and Cameron was I had man on man coverage. Yeah. Mine was a lot easier because I I could say to Cameron, you're my favorite son. Yeah. I could say to Callie, you're my favorite daughter. That was easy. Yeah. You can't do that because you have zone coverage. Yeah. You have four kids. You have to exhort them. And and knowing that, it's a little bit more, you know, difficult because you have to make each kid feel great in their lane. Yeah. And if you say things like, you look pretty today, the other one doesn't feel pretty because you didn't mention to them they're not pretty. Totally. And so, or... You're, oh, Miley, so, and whatever the next word that you want to say. Yeah. And so that makes the other three feel like they're not. So, you know, when Callie and Cameron were being raised, Callie had a very, she her tendency was towards music. Cameron's was more towards athletics. Yeah. But when Callie would see that I enjoyed Cameron more as an athlete, she wanted to excel as an athlete because she wanted to get that attention from me. Yeah. And so what did I have to do to make sure that she felt yeah, validated? You, you, you became the greatest piano recital guy it's in history. It's unbelievable, <laughs> right? And so people don't recognize that. Yeah. They think it's a, a science that I've got to figure this thing out. Yeah, there's it's a really formula. right before it. It's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I love what you said. It's like, how, okay, who, who, is, who are the kids or yeah. who are the employees that God has yeah. given me? And then how do I meet them where they're at? That's right. And and then encourage them yep. where they're at so that mm. they can flourish. Because they probably don't have the gifts that I have. That's right. They have different gifts as well. We're still discovering those for our kids. You obviously you know with your mm-hmm. kids. So let's let's break it down to practical for today. Right. right. The the listening audience is about to go to work. Yep. They're they're about to go to class. They're about to give give us two or three things. How do I specifically encourage today? And what would be the action step mm. you would give me? Well, you know. I think the goal, I think we're in a very lonely world. I think a lot of people, social media has made us believe we have all these friends on Facebook and all these Instagrams and stuff. And so we like to think I've got this huge following. Well, I just want to encourage you today to find that one person a day that you encourage to their spirit. Yeah. You know, find something about them that's not external, but it's internal. And just tell them, I really appreciate that about you. Because the goal of life, as I see it from Scripture, is that we would be a friend. I want to be a friend to others. I want to be willing to lay my life down for you so that you could find who you are. I don't need you to see how I'm not that great. God is great. So therefore, I want people to see God's voice through me finding areas of their life that represent Christ. Mm, That's good. That's a good word. And a good, a good challenge, encouragement for us today. You know, I would just, as, as our audience heads to whatever is in their day, just ask the Holy Spirit. Spirit, show me somebody today that needs encouragement, that needs not just flattery, but needs a word to, to maximize who they are. And, and, and who knows what God can do with that. Oh, what a great word. So, we thank you so much for joining us here for this series on spiritual gifts. 
Uh, tune in next time. We'll continue working through uh, the six, seven, eight spiritual gifts and excited to be with you next time here at the Kanaka Institute podcast. <laughs>